I'm Aria Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. I'm very excited for this episode as we continue breaking down in-depth episodes for each team across the WNBA. Today, we're talking Las Vegas Aces, and welcome to the show, Sam Gordon of the Review Journal. If you are an Aces fan, you know Sam, and you know he is the go-to beat reporter covering your team. like our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our staff's amazing written content over at windsider.com while you're over there check out the overseas tracker it's live now and yes players are still overseas you can see where your favorite WNBA players are playing overseas all in one place and remember to download the episode it makes our stats look better and allows us to continue doing this important work Sam Gordon, welcome to the show. So happy to have you. Excited to have you on to talk Las Vegas Aces. And it's always enjoyable to have another Minnesotan on the episode. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing well. Appreciate you having me. Just talking off air about, you know, kind of both being from the Twin Cities. It's, I had no clue. So like you said, anytime, I mean, especially being out here in Vegas, man, like any piece of home I can get or I can access, whether it be a conversation with somebody from Minnesota, I see a gopher hat or a minnesota shirt or a vikings logo like that gets me really excited so oh yeah um, I, I, so you're like me where you see someone rocking that and you're like go twins or like yeah skull vikes when you see that yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. hey man are you from minnesota or, hey are you from minnesota where, where from and sometimes you know the thing is with the gear like sometimes people aren't from minnesota but hey i don't i never regret asking somebody if they are from minnesota if they got if they got vikings or t-wolves or lynx or gopher gear on so um yeah Never, never regret it. My wife has gotten increasingly angry with me as we'll be out like, well, you know, back pre COVID times, we're in like some random country and I see a guy rocking a Viking shirt. Obviously, <laughs> I stall. I start the, the skull clap and everyone's looking at me like, who are you? Um, but but let's get on to the point of this episode. Let's talk Las Vegas Aces. I know you've been you've been uh, ear to the ground, ear to the door, or I guess ear to the computer screen, listening in as much as you can to what is going on in training camp. So Give us the updates. What's going down in training camp, and what are your takeaways about this team? Yeah, I mean, I, so far, I think it's very clear, right? There are championship expectations, um, mm-hmm. as there should be, given given what this team accomplished last season and then the additions to the roster this year. I mean, it's I don't think there's any um, doubt if you're talking about talent. It's the most talented roster in the league, at least in my opinion. You're stacked. They're stacked at every, every position with high-end talent and then depth, too. So, Looking at this roster, um, it's strong, I think, in every position, and it's, it's, it's deep and it's experienced. Um, I think for the first couple of years, I mean, one of, the, one of Bill Ambeer's things is, you know, this is a young team. they got to learn how to win. I think we're way past that. Like, this isn't a young team anymore. I, I, the, the stars are in their prime or entering their prime. Um, same with a lot of the role players and, and the young players that they do have or that I think are going to play a lot um, are, are, are experienced at this point have, and have experience. So to, to, to answer your question about training camp, I think – um, it's weird. They go to they go to the finals and then completely turn over half the team. And it's about integrating those new players, um, kind of figuring out different styles of play to figure out figuring out different ways to play and, and just really building um, chemistry. And I think that's going to continue into the regular season. Right? This team was so good playing a certain style with the personnel they had last year. And now you bring Liz Cambage back. Now you add a Chelsea Gray. Now Kelsey Plum is healthy, and you have a lot of capable, talented scores 
uh, and figuring out who gets shots where, what they can do on offense, and then, of course, um, defensive communication and chemistry. So it's really that, – that to me is what, what this camp is really all about. And like I said, I think that's going to continue in this season. Um, it's going to take time, a, a lot of new faces, a lot of new players. And, uh, but, but when it does click, um, if, if this team does maximize its potential, and I don't see any reason – at least right now, why it wouldn't. Um, I think it has a chance to be really, really special. You know, a, a team that um, we remember for a long time and one of the teams that I think um, they're setting themselves up for a, for a real run here for not just this season, but but the next few years and beyond. To, to fill people in, and I'm well aware of the somehow, sometimes this can be shrouded in mystery. So share with us what you can, what you know, uh, and, and even share with us, say, hey, I don't know because this hasn't been open. But like, a lot of players go play overseas and a lot of teams are affected by players coming back overseas. Now I understand Liz Cambage already in market, having a great time. Uh, Chelsea Gray was playing overseas and there's a few other players on this team who played overseas. Are there any, you know, lasting effects of that of, you know, Natasha Howard in New York still hasn't come back over. Uh, Kayla McBride, a former aces player still hasn't come over. Is there any of that with this roster? Because when you have a team that is, so I completely agree with you. So stacked in all these different ways. And and hearing you talk about the past years where they had a and, and sorry for going on this rant and confusing you about the question, but yeah. hearing you talk about, you know, Bill speaking about how this team needed to learn how to win, a lot of times these past couple of years, we've looked at these players that they've brought in on either training camp contracts or players that they're bringing in just to be role players. You know, I'm thinking of uh Tamara Young. I'm thinking of uh, a few players last year also, but looking at this roster, I mean, you said it best. You have a bunch of players who are in their prime. It's, we're not talking about players that need to be in a minutes restriction. We're not talking about players, you know, who are kind of at the tail end of their career, which can definitely put a good team over the top to a championship contention. Um, but I'm curious for you. I mean, you know, is there that impact? Because right now I'm looking at this team and, and it's scary for the rest of the league. It certainly is. I think the late the, the late arrival to this camp um, was Chelsea Gray, who was finishing up, um, like you mentioned, finishing up abroad. Uh, she was in a in quarantine. Uh, I think she's probably out by now, but was in quarantine at least earlier um, earlier this week and, and kind of going through protocols and all that. And for that reason, I think it's going to be. It, it, I mean, you see how the pandemic, even even the protocols and restrictions, you know, they're able to play in front of home fans and home crowds and home markets. But I think. This year with with the W, that you're going to see some some real fatigue from from some of these some of these protocols, and that's you know another kind of takeaway I've had from training camp is just that it's really mundane and really routine, and you you, you can't do much. Players are restricted pretty much to their hotel rooms, and um, it's all business, you know, basketball, and then there's not much to do other than that. So I think there's going to be some fatigue there. But um, to answer your question, Chelsea Gray was was the late arrival, and just knowing how she plays, um, knowing knowing her strengths, her her play style. I mean, you would think. Somebody um, as good as her and as experienced as her would be a relatively seamless transition in terms of finding her flow and finding her, you know, her role in the offense and, and learning how, uh, you know, learning the strengths and weaknesses of her teammates and learning how um, to maximize those as the primary ball handler. But um, for the most part, you know, everybody's here. Um, like you mentioned, Liz Cambage is the first training camp she's ever, ever been at from, you know, from start to finish. So I think that's big, having the full camp to kind of reintegrate her. Uh, it, it you you saw the upside uh, that that her and Asia Wilson had playing together back in 2019. It wasn't always pretty, but that when they were both locked in and they were both going, I mean, geez, what a front line! Uh, teams had really, really had uh, serious trouble containing them, and you know now having the opportunity to work her in through a full camp and get a couple of scrimmages uh, under their belt together, um, I think is huge. So 
Uh, it feels like things are in training camp are, are where they want, you know, where Bill Lambeer and the franchise want them to be right now. Uh, it's, it's just one of these things where it's going to be, I think it's going to be slow and steady. Now the talent, they might, you know, I think they're so talented that coming out of the gates, uh, they have, they certainly have the firepower um, to, to compete and to win games right away from, from the jump. But uh, it's going to take reps. It's going to take time. It's going to take um, being in different situations, being in different, you know, settings and in games in order to really, develop that cohesion and chemistry. And, and I think that's what the regular season, especially the first part of the regular season, is going to be about for, for a group like this. Oh, yeah. And and that's going to be throughout the, the league. I mean, yeah. you're going to have a lot of teams going through that. But I think you've touched on many important aspects of this team having that cohesion, having a real training camp together, missing one, like, as ridiculous as it sounds, we're talking about a starter. We're talking about an all-star. We're talking about, you know, a top player in the league who joins this team. And we're not, I mean, at least I don't want to speak for you, but like we're not that concerned about Chelsea Gray joining late because of the cohesion of this team. And yes, there was a lot of turnover, but a lot of these players, you know, mainly I'm speaking of Liz Cambage, but, you know, the important players, they've already been through, you know, being part of this team, this coaching staff. So I, I'm less worried in viewing them as like new players as opposed yeah. to, you know, someone like a Raquana uh, who maybe is a little bit more of a new player, but we're going to get to that. I'm, I'm very excited about that addition. Uh, something else I wanted to point out, and I'm curious your thoughts on this before we talk about the specifics of this roster, Angel McCautry. I mean, uh, if, if you're not aware of Angel McCautry's history, listeners, Angel McCautry has carried the Atlanta Dream to multiple WNBA finals, has not attained the Holy Grail yet. She has not won it yet. You know, and, and there's a lot of players on this roster. In fact, I'm looking through it. There's limited players who have even won a championship. Um, but Angel McCautry is one of those players who, coming off injury, going into last season, you know, had multiple surgeries, multiple setbacks, whatever. And there was a minute restriction on her last season. I'm excited to see, you know, maybe they continue the minutes restriction. I don't know if Bill's, Bill has spoken about that yet. But I'm curious your thoughts on Angel McCautry in a second year in this system with more star power around her. How much scarier does that make this team? Oh, I think she was awesome last year, wasn't she? I mean, she looked so good just as, I mean, you know, she was, that was her age 34 season. I mean, she finished the season at 34 and she looked like she was 24. The way she was moving, I thought she was bouncy. She was fast. She was strong. And I do think restricting her minutes and, and picking, you know, Bill Lambeer picking his spots for her was super helpful. And I, I see... I imagine, I mean, it hasn't been a big, a big talking point yet, but I imagine as we get into the season, that would be something he would want to um, want to continue because, because the team hasn't, they have the requisite depth to keep Angel McCautry fresh. And I think it's about the big picture. I, I don't, I, I think, well, again, the season hasn't started. It's very, very early, but when you look at this talent, like we talked about, um, does, does the seating necessarily matter? Like does home court necessarily matter? I think there's an understanding here that things might be a little clunky at times because of, of who you're having to integrate. But, um, but long, but big picture, this is about a championship. And if playing, if, if limiting Angel McCautry's minutes uh, in the regular season, so she can go in the playoffs and then last, in the last postseason, she averaged more than five minutes um, per game, more than she averaged in the regular season. So you saw that kind of play out in the playoffs. And I thought it was pretty effective. Um, I would see no reason that 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 wouldn't continue because of, of how talented and deep this roster is. But she, I thought she was awesome, and she's there's there's definitely a leadership um, quality, some intangible stuff there. Like you mentioned, I mean she's she's accomplished just about everything uh, that you can in basketball. Uh, it, it, considering her international career, her scoring titles, her all defense, like all the individual honors, gold medals, and you know a lot of team honors that you can think of. The only thing missing is is the WNBA championship. And to your point, now that she's playing with more more shooting, more spacing, now you have another post presence with Liz Cambage, 
back to, to take some of that attention away. Um, I, I imagine she's going to have similar scoring opportunities and a similar role in being a scorer and a, and a defensive specialist from the wing. And uh, just really a, I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's scary how much talent they have and that she's going to be able to play with even more talent last year, I think is going to bring out her strengths again, even more so this season. It's going to be exciting. And, and, I, and to your point, I completely agree. The, the ramping up of her minutes in the playoffs, that's what it's about. You don't, you like this team while we'll get into, you know, expectations and whatnot later in this episode. And, and maybe when we talk about that, I'll bring up my point of, you know, maybe there is a little frustration looking at this team from a, an outside party perspective. If they don't have home court advantage, if they don't get one of those uh, coveted top two seeds. But I agree. I mean, does it really matter when you're so stacked as they are? I mean, you we'll, we'll get to this. Let's talk about roster real quick. OK, yeah, um, yeah. I'm curious your mind on this. I have this written out in front of me. I'm looking at her hoop stats. Shout out to her hoop stats delivering super important information that we need so that we can have some of these discussions. You know, looking at it, they have about, what, uh, 129,000 left in cap space with nine players on roster now. Uh, Just for fans who are confused by the numbers, this doesn't include draft picks and this doesn't include training camp contracts. So they have to pick out of that pool. I mean, obviously they can bring somebody else in. They have to pick out of that pool. For reference, Destiny Slocum is a $61,000 cap hit. Once, once they officially sign her, a training camp contract for, for their players, they're looking at 58000 So they can sign two more players to fit into there. So we're looking, and, and correct me if I'm wrong at any point, uh, we're looking at an 11-person roster for this, which, you know, while it might be damning to many other teams, to this team, we're going to talk about depth. I mean, this team has depth with a capital D. It's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I have Liz Asia, Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum, Derek Hamby. Uh, Jackie Young, Angel McCautry, Jisoo Park, and Raquana Williams as the nine locks, leaving two open spots. Who do you think, you know, who have you heard players, coaches, whoever talk about, who are you anticipating to possibly get those two spots? Well, I can tell you this, um, through, through training camp so far, Destiny Slocum has been getting rave reviews from teammates and coaches and for her, her, her creativity as a passer, her ability to, to be a ball handler, her, her vision on the, you know, her core vision. Right. And um, I think they, the team was really excited that she was there in the second round and, and there's not an expectation for, for these younger players to contribute right now. They're like, there's not. And that, that was made clear um, after the draft and, you know, Bill Lambeer touched on it. It's, it's just about finding, you know, finding specialists and finding players that, that can be there possibly for the long term. And, and with that said, with what Destiny spoke and what, what she showed, and again, we don't have the same kind of training camp access that we had in the past, as you know, working through the pandemic. Um, I haven't been able to attend the practice yet. I, I don't anticipate practices are going to be open um, this year, although I guess we'll see. I don't know if there's already league rules on that, but we haven't been able to watch practice. Normally in years past, I'd be able to catch the last 15, 20 minutes, you know, catch whatever they're finishing up and, and kind of, you know, I was able to draw some conclusions from there. But with that said, again, Destiny Slocum rave reviews uh, and, and gives them another ball handler and a pinch. I expect that she's going to make the team. And then that leaves um, that leaves Laura Manis, Shaquilla Thomas, and Emma Cannon, right? And all of them have their their kind of respective roles. I mean, Emma Cannon went from being out of the league last year to all of a sudden playing like meaningful minutes in the WNBA Finals. And right. I know she's <laughs> she's um, she's well liked and well respected in that locker room, but you know, a great vet. So I think she, I, I think um, she would I would tend to, to to go with her if if I had to pick. But it's really tough, right? Because Laura Manis um, is 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 drawing you know positive feedback um herself and i know she had she was a third round pick in 2020 after a, a record-setting career at holy cross 
wasn't able to, to participate in training camp last year, but went overseas, had some professional experience. And from, from what I'm hearing, she came back, you know, steeled, came back a pro. Like she, she's playing in Europe, living over there for eight months and, and it provides shooting, provides a little size on the wing. And then Shaquayla Thomas is, um, you know, one of the best athletes and is really demonstrated her versatility moving from the power forward spot, you know, the front court where she played at Florida State, spent the last three years working on her game, uh, developing a perimeter game to become a more versatile player in her own right. So there are co- there's definitely competition there. But but to your point, um, to your question, I think Destiny Slocum, at, at least at this juncture, Destiny Slocum and Emma Cannon are the two players that I expect to, to make the final roster. But but you never know um, with, with Bill Ambeer and Dan Padover. Um, they might they might surprise you at the end of training camp here. We'll see. There's there's a big scrimmage um, on Saturday. We're taping this uh, at approximately 1.30 Pacific time on Thursday. But there's another scrimmage against the Sparks on Saturday. And uh, that might be, you know, the last opportunity for some of these fringe players to, to prove themselves and make an impression. And and to a point that you made earlier that I totally spaced on on bringing up, I mean, last season, I think a lot of people were kind of shocked at the offensive up-tempo and speed early in the season in the bubble. And most people were kind of shocked about it because of the fact that, you know, typically WNBA players, they go from WNBA to overseas, maybe a couple days off and back to training camp for the WNBA. Last year, because of the pandemic, there was a huge gap where a lot of these players, I mean, I remember talking to coaches going into training camp last year and all of them were like, look, uh, excuse my language, this is kind of a shit show. Like we have some players who haven't been, who live in an apartment, haven't been able to leave their apartment for months. We have some players, you know, who live in houses, have their own basketball court or their own driveway hoop, you know? And so there was that different level of it. And some of the players had to work themselves. Now, look, some people opted out. Some people you know, there, everyone has their own unique story, but I think this year when you were talking about fatigue, we're going to see some of that because last year we didn't have that full year of play from some of these players. And now we are going to have that. So I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, it's always interesting to see what happened during the off season and how it's going to impact individual players, not just the team itself. I'm, I'm really excited. I always like to start off with a negative and then get to the positives. So we're going to start about talking about the weakness of this team. Uh, in my mind, I'm just going to put my mind out there. Tell yeah. me I'm wrong. Tell me what your mind is. And, and we'll kind of feed off each other. The comfort and the fit. They have the tools. Let's not be stupid here. You look at this roster. This is a roster that if you tell me they won the championship, I'd say, yeah, and what? I, like, there's no question this team can win a championship. The real question is, are they going to come together? We can't deny it, right? There have been questions about the fit of Liz Cambage and Asia Wilson on the court at the same time. I, I know what the response is from the Aces camp. I know what the the Devils advocates are going to respond to that. So th- there's definitely questions. It's not about the talent, though. It's about the comfort in the fit and how they're going to make it work. What do you think the weakness of this team is going to be? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. And in, in, in saying that, that speaks to the overall level of talent on that roster. And that's something, you know, we can get into down the road. But yeah, I think, and, and you know, like I talked about earlier, I think that's what, where, why the regular season, why this training camp, why having as many players as they have in training camp is so crucial is that you can take the time to work out those kinks. And like I said, I don't think it's always going to be pretty, right? You're bringing in a brand new lead, lead ball handler, you know, pick and roll point guard. Uh, that can create shots for herself, that can create shots for her teammates, that can take big shots, that can do all these things. Uh, and, and the Aces haven't run a ton of, like, they haven't been a big-time pick-and-roll team the last few years just because, you know, from a personnel standpoint, I know Bill Lambert didn't feel like they had 
the right kind of guard to run that system. So you're going to be incorporating more pick and rolls. Well, how does that affect the touches that Asia Wilson and Liz Cambage are going to get? Um, mm-hmm. What kind of touches are they going to be getting? You want to feature both of them on the block, but at the same time, with, with some of the shooting you have on this roster, might it be more efficient at times to, to play four, four smalls, four out, run a lot of high pick and rolls and kick the shooters? I, I don't know. That's, they're going to, they're going to figure that's what they're going to have to figure out. It's going to take reps. It's going to take time. It's going to take, like I said, different situ- being in different situations. But the positive is that they have the personnel to kind of play any style. And if they get those reps in and, and they, they figure out what their best lineups are and what, who matches up where in different series and different situations or different perspective series, um, like you said, I think it could be really, really scary and really special. But it, it is a big unknown. You look at some of these other teams around the league and, yeah, there was a lot of turnover, but for the most part, the core remained the exact same. You, you, you see how that plays out. You see what that chemistry looks like. I mean, I think we've seen it with the last two champions. The thing that made those teams really special, the Seattle Storm and the Washington Mystics, um, and really any champion, but is the way that they play together. It's not, you know, one of my friends told me when I was playing pickup basketball at the, at the University of Minnesota Rec Center my freshman year, it's not about the five best players. It's about the five players that fit the best and play the best together. Yes. That's what it's about. So. Uh, can the Aces develop that throughout the course of the season? I think they can, but you're right. Right now, that, that is an unknown, and that is something that I think um, is even an expectation internally that's going to take time to figure out. I, I think the coolest thing about this whole conversation, you touched on it a little bit, was in past years when we talk about this Aces team and we talk about a Bill Lambeer team, what what has been the classic, you know, a uh, flag of honor of anybody anti the Aces. It's they don't have the shooting. What are they right. going to do? Everyone in their roster gets their points in the paint. What are they going to yep. do? What are they going to do? Well, they add Chelsea Gray, a prolific three-point shooter, which is going to space it out a ridiculous amount for Kelsey Plum to get those shots up like she did in college. But then to add the likes of Raquana Williams, the microwave as they're calling her, you know, her ability to score at any level of the game. I mean, they now have the two players in WNBA history to score 51 and 52 points. The, the record setting for the most points scored. How ridiculous is that? It's, it's mind-blowing and, it, and it's hilarious that Bill Lambeer turned the criticism completely on its head. And I'm curious, how do you think it's going to... Ch- do you think it's as simple as plugging in new players is going to affect how Bill Lambeer coaches? Or is Bill Lambeer going to fit those people into his style of coaching? Well, I think there's an... I think those additions signal like a willingness to, to be a little bit more modern. And it, it was, it was understood. There wasn't a ton of shooting on this roster. And um, like you said, now, now you have shooting, right? Raquana Williams last year was 40, 42.2% on 4.9 attempts the year before that 39.1%, right? Chelsea Gray lifetime uh, career, 38.5% from three point range. And then, like you said, you're essentially Kelsey Plum didn't play last year. And she was, if you remember how she was playing in that series against the Washington Mystics in 2019. Playoff plum. Playoff plum. She was shooting the heck out of the rock. So now you're essentially adding three, three brand new shooters who are all, you know, all have 30, you know, high 30% in the low 40% potential. Think about the space that's going to create. And when you have a pick and roll guard like Chelsea Gray with, with one of those bigs rolling to the basket or, or posting up or taking attention, I mean, are you going to double? Are you going to feel comfortable doubling off one of those shooters if you have Raquana Williams in one corner and Kelsey Plum in the other, right? And let's not forget, De'Erica Hamby is a very capable three-point shooter. Asia Wilson even knocked down a three in the scrimmage the other day against the Sparks last weekend. And, you know, Bill Lambeer um, talked about that uh, on media day. He was asked about Asia shooting more threes and, you know, touched on how it's, you know, natural progression of her game, right? She, you're going to practice more. You're going to expand your range. You're going to extend your range. 
that's what she did. And I don't think, like, I don't think that's going to be a focal part of her game. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that she's comfortable now stepping out, catching and shooting from, you know, 23, 24 feet away from the basket is only going to create more space. So um, I, I do think he's going to adapt to his personnel. Now we know he likes to play through the post and the aces have um, probably the two best post players in the league. So there's going to be a steady diet of post touches. I, I, I have no doubt about that, but the fact that you add these shooters gives you so much more flexibility in the styles and lineups that you're going to be able to play. And they have the person, can they go big? Yes, absolutely. They can. They can go big with Asia Wilson, with, uh, with Liz Cambage, with the Erica Hamby, with Angel McCautry and another guard. Can they go small? Sure. Like we talked about four perimeters around one of those bigs, pick your poison. Asia Wilson played plenty of center last year. She can, she can do that again this year at times and, and won't have to, you know, bear the brunt of, of, of that load that like she did last year now that she has Liz Cambage. So, there's so many different styles um, that they can play. And we haven't even mentioned Jackie Young yet, who is, is, is entering her third year. And you, you figure is going to be even more comfortable and more confident um, in, in the system now that she has these playoff reps, these finals minutes, these uh, semifinals minutes under her belt. So um, that, the shooting is huge. It, it's absolutely huge. They addressed, um, if, you were to, if we were to talk a year ago, like you, like you asked me about you know, this team's weakness, if we were to talk a year ago or two years ago, it would have been no question. It, w- it was shooting. I don't think that's the case anymore. And, and even though the Aces didn't have requ- you know, the requisite shooting to, to kind of maximize their potential the last couple of years or, or to, to take it to that next level, um, I thought they always, the, the, the three-point shots that they took were quality looks, and, and they were pretty efficient, all things considered, even though the volume wasn't there. So um, definitely, definitely excited to see how having multiple shooters unlocks different lineups and different things on the floor. And I do expect um, Bill Lambier to maximize that and, and the coaching staff as a whole to maximize uh, the addition of these of these new shooters. Let's talk about strength. What do you think the strength of this team is? I'm I'm gonna let you go first. I just wanna, you know, tip my cap to you touched on it a little bit. Uh the, the we haven't talked about Jackie Young. We haven't talked about how scary this bench is. I mean, last year was a historic in terms of numbers, historically great bench in the, the history of the WNBA, right? Yeah. And now you add one of the best bench pieces in the history of the league and Raquana Williams. I mean, talk, talk to me about what strength is. I kind of led you down a path of where, you know, I'm going with strength, but you talk to me, you give me your opinion. Yeah. Depth, right. Depth. Um, no question. And, and that's something that, you know, Lambeer has touched on. He wants to stay healthy. Like health is paramount, especially during this season with the rigors of the, the coronavirus restrictions that are going to be put in place. And they have the personnel to, 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 if you want to limit minutes, if you want everybody to play 25, 26 minutes, like you can do that and still have star power, still have all WNBA first team MVP caliber talent on the floor at all times. And, and the fact that they're going to be able to be so flexible with their depth, um, like I said, play so many different styles, um, should they choose to play, play with these different lineups is going to be huge. Um, not, not only in, you know, winning games and, and being fresh uh, late in games and, and being fresh on road trips, but being fresh, more importantly, uh, at the end of the season and going into the playoffs. So uh, barring injury, this to me, no question, is the deepest team in the league. I think, um, I mean, De'Erica Hamby, the two-time, two-time defending sixth woman of the year, to me, you know, I think she's one of the most impactful players in the league, one of the most, you know, 15 or so impactful players in the league, and, and she comes off the bench. Like, you don't need her to play 35 minutes to win. She can play her 18 minutes. She can play 22. She can play 29. She can play 35 if she needs to. And that's the, the case for a lot of a lot of the players on this team. So I, I, I'm, I, I'm really curious to see how – um, Lambeer and his coaches can, can kind of maximize that throughout the course of the season. But but what a luxury where you can play lineups where, 
you, you can put shooters around Liz Cambage or Asia Wilson or, you know, they're on the bench. You can play with, you can play through Angel Makashi. You can play through Hamby at times. Or you can just let Chelsea, uh, Chelsea Gray, you can set her a high ball screen and let her cook and go to work. Or you can, Kelsey Plum, obviously a capable ball handler. She's going to have her moments this year where she's going to get to run the show a little bit and show what she has offensively, go back to to playoff Plum. So, so deep, um, so talented. And like I said, it's going to, it's going to allow them to be fresh, to have more firepower late in games, late on road trips and late into the season and into the playoffs. I mean, this is one of those teams that like, it almost looks like a 2K, you know, fantasy draft yeah. and, and it allowed illegal trades or, or whatever the term is. Um, honest, personally, I just want Bill to like mess with everyone in the, else in the league okay. and in the first five games start five different starting fives. Because yeah. to, to echo what you're saying, the depth of this team, like I said, the strength of this team in my mind is the depth. They went from having one of the best benches in the in this in the league last year to making it an even better bench and making their starting five even better than it was before. And now it's at the point where literally, you know, they have multiple versions of this team, multiple starting fives of this team that can just wreak havoc across the league. But we've already talked about the question. Let's talk about and let's keep this real now. All right. Yeah. The ceiling yeah. and the floor of this team. To me, the ceiling is the, is winning the finals. No, no yeah. question about that. And then, may, you know, if we want to look long term, you win the finals, you know, re-signing a few of these players and running it back. The floor for me is if you're not in my mind and if, if I'm being harsh, I'm going to say if you're not a top four team, you've hit the floor or yeah, you've hit the floor for this team. But if I'm going to be nice, I'm going to say uh, if you don't finish top five, it's a really disappointing season for the Aces. Am I out of pocket on that? No, not not at all. I would say like I would I mean top three really. Um, in my opinion, I think that would that would definitely be disappointing. Let's you bring back the reigning you know league MVP who's 24, going to be 25 by the end of the year, entering her prime. You bring back the most dominant, one of the most dominant interior players the the league has ever seen, the game has ever seen. You bring her back. The Erica Hamby's 27. Chelsea Gray's 28. Angel McCautry is is a young and refreshed 34. Kelsey Plum's 26. Like so many of these players, Jackie Young's you know going to be 24 by the time the playoffs roll around. So many of these players, like I said, are in their prime. They've experienced some semblance of winning. They know what it's like to play in a do or die game and to win a game like that, where you have to scrap on both ends. Every single possession is a battle. Like they've they've won a game like that, a really really big game. They they've played in the finals. They've seen what it looks like the last two years. They lose to the defending WNBA champions. So now you have the roster you want. You, you have you have bigs. You have wings. You have guards. You have multiple ball handlers. You have shooters. Uh, you have the experience. You have an experienced coach, uh, an experienced head coach that's won at the highest level uh, multiple times. So the, all the ingredients are in place. Uh, I think the, the top three um, should definitely be the expectation. I'll be expectation internally. Uh, is a championship. And like you said, I, I don't just think the ceiling um, is a championship. I think a ceiling is, if the, if everything clicks, is like a historically dominant um, postseason run and a team that we remember for a long time. I, I really, stop me if I'm speaking in hyperbole, but do you remember a team this talented? I know the Lynx had some really, really good teams, some, some dominant teams, the Sparks. There have been great teams in this league, but like top end talent and depth, like you said, this was a historically deep, uh, productive team last year. Like, do you remember a team this talented in recent memory? Recent mem, oh, that's tough. I I don't think you're you're going you're crazy for saying that because of how I mean th this is the one caveat that I will give when you're talking about the links and the sparks like during that rivalry going back and forth. I would have to go back to that, and that's not shade at the at the Mystics, and that's not shade 
at the Storm, right? Those were some great teams. But you look at, you know, Liz Cambage, who is an MVP caliber player. You look at Asia Wilson, who is literally the defending MVP. Angel McCautry, who is a legendary player in this league, a scoring title holder for multiple years, carried her team. Like, I get what you're saying, and I'm completely with it. The one difference that I will give, and and I'm being picky now, I'm being picky now, is Kelsey Plum and Chelsea Gray. Now, when you look at, let's say, the 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 sparks or the links during that time, and again, this is not knocking a team to say that they are getting up there or they're almost at that same level of two of the greatest teams in WNBA history. The big difference I have is Chelsea Graves coming off of a not great year. Now, do mm-hmm. I think that's a blip on the radar and not worried about it at all because I know what she has consistently done and I'm more excited for how she's going to fit into this system when it's not... Hey Chelsea, we're putting this all on your shoulders like it was the past few years in LA. Yes, I'm I'm not worried about that or no. I forgot where I started with that. But the answer is I'm not worried about Chelsea Gray, but I can't give her that high of a grade be based off of where she's coming from. And Kelsey Plum is a player with a ton of potential, and I hope we continue to see her trajectory going up in this system and her growth. But so those two right there For me, say you're a step below the links and the sparks during those historic years. But again, we haven't seen anyone since, you know, the 2017, the 2016 season that has been on that level. So we're talking about the best team, arguably the most talented team in the league in the past four to five years. That's not a bad thing. And when you include your name in the likes of Maya Moore, Sylvia Fowles, and that's where I think it is. It's when you talk about you had a Maya Moore, who's an MVP caliber player. You had a Sylvia Fowles, who's an MVP, MVP caliber player. Rebecca Brunson, who, I mean, obviously, all, all, you and I know this, never listening. Rebecca Brunson, the all-time rebound leader, or former all, all-time rebound leader, until Sylvia stole that from her. Um, and then, obviously, in my opinion, the GOAT, Simone Augustus and Lindsay Whalen. Um, so, a stacked team, yes, but I, but I don't think you're crazy for putting them on that same level as them. If we're cutting hair... I can make an argument why they're not there yet, but you're not crazy. You're not crazy. And you know, and you know what? And and that's what this season is all about, right? We know the talent. We know the expectations. The thing that those Sparks teams, those Lynx teams did, they won championships. Like mm-hmm. they won titles. And until the Aces, um, that's what they need to do. They need to win the title. They all know it. They're going to get everybody's best punch every single night throughout the course of the regular season. There is going to be a target on their backs. They're aware of it. It's It's, it's going to happen. That's just what it is. And then you're going to have to get in the playoffs, and, and, and there are going to be some battles with, you know, Washington's going to be really good. Seattle's going to be really good. I think the Lynx are going to be really good. Lambeer said that he thinks there are six teams that have legitimate uh, championship aspirations, and I can't argue with that. Chicago is going yeah. to be really, really good. Like, they're, they're, uh, the league as a whole, um, I think the talent is up across the board. I think it's going to be a really, really competitive year. Um, and, and the Aces know that, and they know that the talent uh, on hand – in order to substantiate what you've built and what you've created and everything that they've done these past four years and putting this team together, like you got to get it done. You got to win a title. And that's what it's about. If, if they don't win a title at some point, and like I said, I think this, this window is huge and we're probably going way too far, far ahead of ourselves talking a few years down the road, but that's what, you know, you see the possibilities there, but um, they, in order to, to be remembered as an all time great team, uh, they have to, they have to get it done at some point. And I don't see why this year can't be the year. I mean, We've talked, you know, for the last 40 minutes about why why it could be the year, or 35 minutes now, about why it could be the year and what, what the piece is in place. Like, it's about getting it done. And, and they again, they have the depth, they have the top-end talent, they have the coaching, and they have the experience at this point to, to make a, a run like that. So that's what it's going to take to be one of these 
these uh, these all-time great teams. But to your point, you asked the ceiling. I think that's what the ceiling is, a historically great team. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And and I like what you said about it comes down to being able to con- continue it consistently and win the championship. Because that's like, look, we can talk, and this is dating myself and sounding pretty old here, but you talk about some of the older Mercury teams that consistently got beat by the Lynx. You talk about the Chicago Sky when they had Elena Deladon and Sylvia Fowles. Like, those teams were stacked. They mm-hmm. had power, but they were not able to finish. They were not able to bring home the ring, to bring home the trophy. And and like, it's great for you to be on that tier, but if you can't bring home the championship, you're not doing what you came here to do. And sorry if that's tough love, but that's just real. Let's talk about key players. Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm picking two people. It's a cop out. I get it. My idea for this is to pick one player, but I'm copping out and I'm going too. is okay. to pick one player who will have the most impact on deciding if this team goes uh, to the ceiling or to the floor. And to me, it's plum and gray. Right. Can Gray excel in the system that I fully expect her to? And can Plum continue her trajectory of growing as she has since she got in the league with this star studded cast around her? What about you? Who do you think the key player or players are? Um, I think I think you made great points with, with both of those guards. Um, right. Like what, what is Kelsey Plum going to look like a year after her Achilles injury? Now, what I've heard, she looks fantastic. And that's not a surprise. She is a relentless, tireless worker who wants nothing more than to maximize her potential as a basketball player. So uh, I, I expect that she's going to be an impact player. Like you said, we have to see it. And, and the same thing with Chelsea Gray. Um, I'm going to go with Liz Cambage. Um, that's who I'm going to go with. The, 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 we, we, she's, we know what, she, what she's done, what she's accomplished, what she's capable of. And we saw seeds of how dominant that front line could be uh, back in 20, 000, or 2019. And, and you know, like I said, it wasn't always perfect. At sometimes it was clunky. But when it was right, boy, were they overpowering and just physical and tough to play against. Like, can can for her at this point in her career, like, can she duplicate that and be even better playing alongside Asia Wilson? And I think um, in, in speaking to her on media day, um, it was interesting. She called Asia Wilson the best basketball player in the world right now. You know, she said, put some respect on her name. I think Asia's the best player in the world right now. So it was interesting to, to hear her defer uh, to, to Asia Wilson. And it, it's going to be – it's I'm, I'm fascinated to see how – how they play together and what kind of role she takes on. Again, I've heard she looks fantastic too. That's, I mean, of course, in, in, in training camp, you're going to hear that about just about everybody, but um, she's, in, she's in her prime. She, she just won over in Australia, WNBL, WBNL. Um, she just won a WBNL championship. Uh, the Olympics are coming up. Like she, this has a chance to be a really, really big year for her. And um, curious to see how she builds on what she was able to do in 2019. Can she be a dominant two-way player? Can she protect the rim? Can she be that defensive anchor while also doing her thing on the low block? So um, it's it, what a luxury to have so many you know great players like we talked about, where there's a number of different key players on this team or players that can be key players. But yeah, she's the one. Uh, I, I'm curious to see how she looks after after missing the 2020 season and back with this new group. Oh, it's it. I mean, th- this team is just going to be so fun to watch. Honestly, um, I'm I'm excited for the season. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day. Uh, probably getting out of the heat, going into some air conditioning. So you're welcome. Um, but remind the folks where they can see your writing, uh, see your your thoughts, and uh, see your ramblings. Yeah, I'm at uh, I'm on Twitter at by Sam Gordon. That's at capital B Y capital S A M capital G O R D O N. And then you can read all my work on ReviewJournal.com. Um, you know, I try. Uh, you know, I'm going to be covering the team all year. Um, and I you know I covered the team in 2018 and 2019. So um, it's a ton of fun, and it's it's going to be exciting to have games here back at Mandalay Bay or uh, Michelob Ultra Arena, as they call it now. Um, I, this the Aces have one of the 
uh, the best, most um, dedicated crowds in the league. It was a really kind of a, a special atmosphere. And I know the players uh, and everybody in town is happy to be back in market and, and hopefully play in front of uh, some fans here. So, yeah, at, uh, at by Sam Gordon, um, ReviewJournal.com. Man, I appreciate you having me from, from one Minnesota to another. Um, it, it's it, The season's right around the corner. Um, uh, how much fun is this year going to be? I cannot wait. Oh, it's going to be ridiculous. And uh, as hey, Minnesota to another, you betcha. Uh, <laughs> let me remind you, Winsider is your one-stop shop for all your WNBA news and conversation, but we can't do it without your help. Become a subscriber today at patreon.com backslash Winsider. Just a few dollars a month can help grow the game.